Morning. Oh, it is smoky up here. Has everybody had a nice Christmas? Good. Now, I've got a question for you before I kick off. Um, I want to know what the best gift you've ever given and the best gift you've ever received is. Okay? The best gift you've ever given and the best gift you've ever received. So what I want you to do is I'm going to give you 60 seconds to just chat with the person next to you. You listen to theirs, you tell them they're yours, uh, and I'm just going to grab some of it, okay? 60 seconds or so. It's the best gift you've ever got. Oh, wow. That's a good, that's a good gift. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Well. Okay, so hopefully that's given you enough time. Um, I'd like to give a little bit of time for maybe one or two people to shout out, if you feel brave enough, the best gift that you have ever given. So we're going to kick off with that. What's the best gift some people in this room have ever given? Does anyone feel able to shout that out to me? Money? (laughs) What you've given money, that's the best thing that you've given. All right, love, love, ah. That's lovely. Love. And it's cheap as well. Anything else? The best gift? What's that? Jesus. Jesus. You've given Jesus to people. That's amazing. Thank you. All right. Next question then. What's the best gift you have ever been given? That's right, isn't it? Best gift you've ever been given. So we had clothes down here. Clothes. Peace. Peace. Life. Life. That's good. I like that. Dishwasher. Dish. Ah. Oh. That's good. If anybody wants to give me a dishwasher, I will accept one. Uh, by all means. All right. One more. We've got a hand waving. Children. Oh, that's lovely. Would you like mine? So I want to lay my cards out on the table this morning. Uh, I'm talking about Jesus. Uh, and I'm going to be talking about how he's the best gift that we could ever have been given. But in order to do that, we've got to understand what kind of gift Jesus is. We've got to understand what it is that we're talking about. So a gift, if we were to define it, is something that is freely given with no payment in return. That's a gift. When you give something voluntarily... And you don't want anything in return. Now, I think when I first heard that, I like, I'd do that all the time. I give gifts all the time. And then actually, when you think about it a little bit deeper, I don't know if I do. Like, I think, I think, and I'm biased, I get that. But I think I'm quite a good gift buyer. Um, I put in a lot of thought and I don't just try and think about what the person wants. I try and think about what could I get them that's from me and they know it's from me. So it's an Ashley gift. That's what we'll call it. It's an Ashley gift. So I really try and put some thought into it. So I get my wife, for example. I got her a lovely pair of boots. Uh, absolutely lovely. I think they're lovely anyway. Um, I wear trainers, so I'm not sure. They might be horrible. But I put in a lot of thought, a lot of time, and a lot of effort into finding these boots. And I gifted her these boots. But when I was looking and doing a little bit of research for this, I'm thinking... If she didn't show me any gratitude, if she didn't gift me something in return, 
if Christmas Day came and I didn't get any gifts at all, the following year, would I put as much time, would I put as much effort into my gift? Now, there's this unspoken rule where gifts tend to be reciprocal. You give me, I give you. And I, I, I don't even think that's a terribly bad thing. I think it builds community. I think it builds relationships. I think it's, it builds friendships. But often gifts are reciprocal. We give not because we want to receive, but we give uh, and then we kind of receive. It's almost transactional. Now, when I talk about Jesus today, I don't want to talk about a transaction. Uh, I don't want to talk about him giving us something and us paying for it in some way because that's not how it works. That's not the gift that we've been given. Now, I studied uh, religion in university, not just Christianity, but I studied lots of world religions and indigenous religions, and they fascinate me. I love them. Um, And you'll often hear that all religions are, are, are the same. All religions are similar. And they're not. They have similarities, but they also have huge differences as well. And one of the things for me that that is really, really different is how we connect with God. How God connects with us. And it's often done like this. Okay? So this is us on earth. And we often view God as being up there. That's where God is. And what we do is we spend our lives in prayer. And we spend our lives going to the right services. And we spend our lives treating people well. And what we're doing is we're working. We're working towards that gift. We're working towards God. Um, And this is not an unusual thing. This is present today. It's been present in history. But for us, it's different. The gift is different. We don't need the ladder. I want to come down because that feels very high. We don't need it because the gift is different. Now today, I'm going to hinge what I'm talking about on John 3.16. I love John 3.16. For those of you that don't know it, it is for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I'm going to say that again. If you know it, can you say it with me? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Do you know throughout the whole of history, that has been the most popular, the most used Bible verse ever. In every generation, in every place, it has always been up there as one of the most. And for me, that's because it contains a certain level of truth, a foundation of what it is that we believe. I believe the Bible's hyperlinked. So for those of you that maybe don't know what a hyperlink is, you know when you're on a website and you, you click the buy now, and then it takes you to a different page. That's a hyperlink. So when you click something, it moves you somewhere else. I believe when we read the Bible, everything is hyperlinked back to Jesus. I believe that even when we don't know it, when we can't see it, when we don't know that direct link, that everything that we see and everything that we read is somehow hyperlinked back to the birth, life, ministry, death and resurrection of Jesus. And I I feel like that's encapsulated all in that one verse. That one John 3.16. So we're just going to spend a little bit of time going over that verse. Um, Because it's important for us to understand 
what the gift is and why we want it. We often search for meaning in our lives. Um, I studied a little bit of philosophy. I enjoy philosophy. It can be a bit depressing at times. Um, Albert Camus, which is a, he was a French philosopher, he said that life was absurd. He said it held no meaning. He said that he used the myth of Sisyphus, um, which is an old Greek myth of a king that thought he was better than the gods and he was punished to spend his whole life pushing this boulder up a mountain. And, and that, that was it. That was life. And Albert Camus said, that's, that's what it is for us. Life has no meaning. It's as boring, it's as pointless as pushing a boulder up a hill. Um, and I'm here today to say, I don't believe that's true. I don't believe that's the case. In fact, I believe that every single person in this room, across this world, every single individual life has intrinsic value. It has meaning because it was created by a God that loves you. So John 3.16 For God so loved the world. So much. Just there. For God so loved the world. Now it might be that this is your first ever time in Bridge Community Church. It might be that you came in for a brew and someone ushered you in and you sat down now and you sat there waiting for the next song so you can sneak out. Trust me, I've done it before. And nobody, maybe nobody's ever told you that Jesus loves you. Can I tell you that this morning? Can I tell you that he has a deep, deep love for you? And it's funny because sometimes it's easier for us to believe that there is a God. It's easier for us to believe some of these crazy conspiracy theories that are out in the world today. It's easier for us to believe that a a magnificent being created the universe and the earth. Sometimes that's really quite easy. But then to believe that that person loves us can be really, really hard. Um, Philosophers in the past have put it, uh, uh, have proposed that because God, if God is omniscient, and omniscient, all that means is, uh, it means God knows everything. Uh, Omni, a Latin word for all. Isian knowledge i think uh omniscient god knows everything and if he knows everything he sees you he sees you like nobody else sees you and what people have what people have said is actually that makes me vulnerable that makes me unclean that makes me ugly and why would an ugly god love me and what they don't understand is they don't understand the grace and the unbounding love that jesus has for you and it's hard. It's hard for us to really, really get our head around it because we understand God sometimes. I, I have this. I have a problem with the word God because it doesn't. It doesn't explain uh, enough. It doesn't tell us enough of who it is that we are worshiping. It doesn't tell us enough of who we are stepping into. But God is the Father, and He wants us to come to Him like children because He loves us. So God so loved the world. It says in John, uh, 1 John 3, 1, See how great a love the Father has given us, that, he would, that we would be called children of God, and that this is what we are. We are children of God, whether we accept that or not, whether we like it or not. We are children of God. Neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ our Lord. Nothing can separate us from that gift 
of Jesus. Nothing can separate us from the love that Jesus has. It doesn't matter how far away you feel you are from God. It doesn't matter how high up you think that God is. It doesn't matter because the gift that is Jesus, it closes that gap. And that takes us on to that next bit. He gave his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. It says in Isaiah, a child was born, but a son was given. He gave us his son because he loves us. I just want to take a minute just to recognize how different the story of Jesus is from any other hero story. All right, even if we look at some of the oldest literature that we've got, some of the oldest literature like uh, the Liliad where you've got stories of Hercules and Achilles, strength and beauty and all these things have always been lifted high. They have always been really, really important from the oldest stories to the newest. Some of the newest uh, stories we have at the moment are things like the Avengers and the superhero movies. We've always lifted. And in fact, if I was to write the story, I was thinking about this before. If I want a saviour, if I'm as a human thinking of a saviour and I'm looking at what's been effective over the course of history, I would write a story that was like a star, a burning bright star shot through the night sky and it came down and it fell into a volcano and then the volcano exploded and this star that was uh, that was heated above anything else fell into a tornado and the tornado started to cool it and then it fell onto a continent of ice and it melted the ice and inside the star was this big man with long blonde hair bright blue eyes a sword of fire and a shield of thunder and he would lift up nations and he would save them uh that's how i might write the story Uh, it's a good job I didn't write the story isn't it but the story of Jesus is so different to any other story it's so out of the normal narrative of what we would understand a saviour story to look like we cannot view the nativity as being a singular event it's not just this one thing The gift isn't the child. The gift is the son. It's not just one thing. Jesus' birth, Jesus' life, his ministry, his death, his resurrection, it was all part of the gift. It was all part of it. And he did this for that last part of John 3.16. All this was done. It was all given so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. There's no payment there. Do you notice that? That the son was given so that we could be back in relationship with God. The gift was given so that we could step back into relationship with God. Now there is somewhat of a transaction that takes place, but it's not a payment transaction. It's I was trying to think of an example that might that might show this. And I was thinking, if I had a, a bad lung, this lung was broken and it wasn't working. And my dad offered to gift me his lung. 
He offered to give me it. Me accepting that loan comes with certain consequences. It comes with certain outcomes. When I take on that loan, all of a sudden, I can breathe better. I can run further. I can swim for longer. I can sing better. No, maybe not. Um, But it comes with consequences. The gift of Jesus, it is an unconditioned gift. It comes with no strings attached. It comes freely. There is no thought of payment. But when we accept that gift, something changes. Something happens in your life. What was broken becomes fixed. What was damaged becomes healed. Just like with the lung. And then also, what was old is taken away. I cannot accept the new lung without getting rid of the old one. So a transaction does take place, but it's not a transaction of payment. It's a transaction of new for old. It says in 1 John 5.11, and the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. When we step into relationship with Jesus, we are given life. When we step into relationship, when we accept that gift, we are made new. We are made whole. That's an amazing thing. That's For me, that's, that's that personal connection that we may try and climb towards God. We may try and do all the right things and say the right things. But ultimately, it was Jesus, it was God that climbed down. And he came to us. He came right on our doorstep to us. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. I'm a good gift giver. I'm a great gift giver. I give Ashley gifts, gifts that you like. You know they're from me. And one year I got my grandma, 75. I got her a scented Barbie doll. Yeah, a scented Barbie doll. All right, you ask her any other gift that she got that year. She cannot remember any of them apart from one, a scented Barbie doll. You ask her to show you any other gift she got that year. She will get out the scented Barbie doll and that's it. Uh, Because I'm a great gift giver. I'm not a perfect gift giver though. There's only one perfect gift. There's only one gift that is going to make you whole. There's only one gift that is going to fix what is broken and what is lost within ourselves. And that is Jesus Christ. That is his birth. That is his life. That is his ministry. That is his death. That is his resurrection. All that was done for you. And we use words like for mankind. And we use uh, uh, these generic words. He's got the whole world. In his hands, he's got the whole And uh, the great songs. But sometimes when we do that, we lose that personal connection. When we think about God loving everybody, sometimes we lose that he loves you. You as an individual, he made you. He thinks you're amazing. He came from heaven to earth so that you could be whole. So that he could be back in relationship with you. He did that for you. His gift 
is so great. His gift is so amazing. And it sits right next to us. Not up there. It sits right here. But you have to accept the gift. That's what it is. It is there. There is a present there waiting for you. You can stare at it your whole life. You can put it in your pocket and carry it with you. You can peek in like I did a lot of my teenage years. Never really opening it. Never really experiencing it. But until you open it, you will never really know the full joy of being in relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to invite the band up. Uh, This is the Wildfire Band. Uh, We do every third Sunday of the month. We have our wildfire service in here. And really what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide a space where people come and they learn a little bit about scripture. They learn about Jesus. But do you know what? Even more than that, we want to provide a place where people meet with Jesus. Now I believe, I'm going to use another omni word because I'm an ex-teacher, an ex-RA teacher. I believe God is omnipresent. God is everywhere. Uh, There is no place where we can go. There is no place where we can hide. That God is absolutely everywhere. But I believe we have to be intentional sometimes in revealing him to us. That he sits beside us. But we have to open our eyes sometimes. And that takes moments. That takes intentional moments. So when when we go to wildfire, what we try and do is we try and provide an intentional moment where we can meet with a living God where we can invite him in to our lives, where we can spend some time with Jesus. And we do that through the word, we do that through prayer, but we also do that through worship. And worship will be different for everyone. Worship will be, it's not always singing. I am the best gift giver, we've established that, haven't we? Yes. Uh, Singing, Uh, all right. I'm I'm terrible. Um, I sing not because I can. I sing not because I sound amazing. I sing because I want to lift Jesus high. That's right. I sing because he deserves my praises, whether I like the song or not. I sing because Jesus deserves my time. He deserves my adoration. And singing provides... It provides me a space to do that, a space to to just release that. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. We're going to go into a place of worship. We're going to sing a few songs. You may know these songs. Uh, Some of them are new to us as a church, but you may know them from other arenas. But I really want to challenge you this morning to open yourself up to Christ. I really want to challenge you this morning to let him in. Sometimes I can't help but think about the boat. When Jesus is on the boat and the storm comes in and the storm's settling and the disciples, they're feeling in danger. They're feeling like something is about to happen and and that their life is at risk. And they run to Jesus and Jesus is asleep. Now Jesus stops the storm with a word. Jesus has power. He has dominion. And he can get rid of the storms in your life. But let's not forget that he was asleep. Because the storms in your life do not bother Jesus. They are not too big for Jesus. When you invite Jesus in, the storms in your life can be stopped through him. But I want to encourage you this morning.
Maybe ride the storm. Maybe be confident in Jesus, in the gift that he brings. Maybe stand next to Jesus and know that although the winds may rage and the rain may come down and you may feel like you're taking a little bit of a battery, Jesus is there. Jesus is here in this moment. Jesus is standing next to you and he is waiting to connect with you. He came to connect with you. He died so that he could he could make you whole again. We're going to sing now. But let's sing for Jesus. Let's lift him high this morning. This Yes, this morning. Thank you. Are you heading bro?